Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Marshall. Hello, um, hope you're all well. And we are back with another episode of There's Your Dinner. Now, by now, by now you know exactly what I'm going to say next, which is where, this is where we bring together the shared passion for football and food. We're we'll getting to know a familiar face from the world of Scottish women's football. And I've got another one this week, which is fantastic. And this time I am joined by Dundee United captain, Kira Johnson. Kira, thank you very much for coming on. No problem at all. <laughs> Um, um, how are you feeling about uh, coming on to our podcast? Yeah, it's fine. It's something I've not done before, but uh, hopefully I don't stumble upon too many questions. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about stumbling. I sometimes stumble over my words and I do these all the time. So don't worry about that at all. We'll be absolutely brand new. Um, I suppose I need to ask a question. It's a question I, I kind of feel like I need to ask, even if I don't necessarily want to ask at the moment. How is uh, life in this brave new world that we're living in at the moment for you, Kira? Uh, it's it's definitely different. Uh, I suppose it's challenging for everyone. I think it's just everyone's missing their football, but just keeping myself busy with work and university and also uh, trying to keep it as active as I can. So, uh, But yeah, I'm definitely I'm getting a bit bored of it. Like. <laughs> um, before, we, before we get into kind of talking about obviously your career and, and life at Dundee United, we were, when we were kind of arranging this, you mentioned that you do some work at a primary school. So is that meaning you kind of have to go in every now and again? I know you're on holiday just now, which is how we're talking just now. Um, but you work in primary school, so that means you're kind of helping look after key workers' children. How's how's that been for you in terms of that kind of responsibility, that having something to go to that feels like it's kind of helping towards the kind of greater good? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely good uh, as long like everyone puts in the work. And it's just making sure that the kids have somewhere to go whilst their parents are at work and also those are slightly vulnerable as well. Um, so we're just working longer shifts just now. And uh, but I've got myself a wee week off, which is nice. But it's, no, it's definitely good knowing that I'm doing something to help during this situation. What, what is it you're, that you're doing with the kids? Asking. It's, just a, it's just a hub so they can come along. There's no, no learning or anything. Obviously their friends will be at home, so we're aware of that. So it's just fun, um, just making sure they're fed and they have a good day and it's just really just to take their mind off the thing because uh, they're obviously all aware that things are changing etc so it's just for them to come along and have a bit of fun while some of them are working. Are you ever tempted to get a ball out and get them to have a wee kick about with you? I am yeah most shifts I'm uh, the one put outside the football so I get some of my training and when I'm there which is great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful everybody kind of being able to chip in just now with us and whether it's going and helping the school work in the NHS or with the various things that you can do, it's wonderful. But um, let's move on from, from that at the moment. Let's, let's look back to maybe some slightly happier times, as we say. Um, and we're going to have a little chat about your career, Kira. And I think probably the thing I always like to ask, especially, especially women's football, because historically, obviously, there's not been that many kind of role models to kind of fall upon is, what, what was your kind of first memories of kind of kicking the ball about? Uh, I think I was about six or seven. Uh, I obviously joined my primary school team. At that time, I was the only girl that played, so it was just in with the boys. And then I joined Moneyfeed Ladies, which is just my local team. And I played there for, I think it was about eight years or so before joining Forfa Fran. And so I have played for quite a long time uh, from when I can remember, really. I've always had a ball my feet in the garden, playing with my dad, etc. So... I was going to say is, was it something that you were encouraged in terms of to go ahead and kind of just keep pursuing it? And you mentioned obviously playing with your dad there. Yeah, I've got a big football family. It's uh, my dad's side. Everyone loves it. We're all Dungeon United fans as well. So I think it was definitely with my dad having two girls, he was definitely hoping that one of us would uh, go on and uh, play football. So, yeah. <laughs> 
that um, that kind of having to start start out as a younger at a boys' club is obviously quite common um, at the moment. Hopefully, in kind of twenty years' time, when we're, well, maybe I'm still doing these podcasts. Who knows? But um, that's maybe a conversation slightly different. Did Did you notice a difference when you were that that young, or you just kind of focusing on playing football? No, I just uh, I just love playing football, so I just obviously used to go to tournaments and stuff with my school and on occasion there'd be another girl from another another school or another team but uh, yeah it was just mostly boys but it's uh, it's changed now I do a bit of coaching myself and I can get up to 15 girls at a primary school lunch session that are all girls which is absolutely brilliant to see. Does it does it feel any different when you're doing the girls just as girls classes as opposed to when you've got a mixed group? Um, yeah it's, it's slightly different I think uh, obviously try to be a role model for both boys and girls but definitely more on the girls side it's good to go in and uh, show them that they can they can make something up with their football and nowadays there's lots of opportunities for them uh, so yeah it's good in that side yeah um, You've mentioned obviously you, you kind of started the boys I mean you've signed for Farmington was that kind of your first kind of proper move into the women's game in Scotland signing for Forfar? Yeah it was so I went to Forfar under 15s and then I uh, went into the SWPL team that were uh, there wasn't a lot of players then, so we all made the step up quite young, which was was great and it was a great experience, uh, but very challenging as well. Obviously, being so young and playing at that level. And um, in terms of your time at Forfa Farmington, obviously, I think they're one of the one of those kind of standalone clubs. Obviously, they, they play at Station Park. Um, how, how, when you reflect back on Forfa Farmington before you kind of made the move to Dundee United, what what was your thoughts in your time? You mentioned obviously being very young, which I think that was a a good thing. The fact that you could get into a squad like that at such a young age. Yeah, definitely have a lot of good memories playing my four for the setups. Absolutely brilliant up there. They've got great facilities, and uh, I made a lot of friends as well. But uh, being a United fan uh, for all my life, and them opening up a team, obviously it's more local to me as well. It's just uh, I couldn't help myself but make the move. <laughs> yeah, I was about to. Ha- I was going to ask you for what prompted the move, but you can't answer that with the I'm a Dundee United fan, so I can totally appreciate that, even if I'm not a Dundee United fan myself. Um, but in terms of how that actually came about then because obviously you mentioned the fact that Dundee United didn't have a team they, they only set one up in 2015 so how did how did they come about did they just come and approach you and say look we, we want you involved or how how is it okay now how did they move from forth to Dundee United occur um, well uh, I knew Gavin Beath before he coached me at morning sessions through the SFA so I knew him and he knew of me I'd obviously been in touch etc known that the team is going to start up and it was just more of a go along kind of open trial thing like the rest of the girls and then see how we got on and thankfully I was I was asked to join so yeah that was great um so see that first time you put on a, a Dundee United shirt or a training top um how did it feel yeah it was a great feeling it's uh, something I never imagined happened I just there wasn't really much talk about Dundee or Dundee United making the ladies team so when United did it was absolutely great and it's, it's always a proud moment when I'm playing for them. Do you think it's something that's that it's talked about obviously a lot I think the the World Cup uh, back in back in the summer last year I think really brought this to the fore do you think it's important that for for young female players whether they be seven eight nine or maybe 15 16 that they have people they look up to in that regard in terms of they can see they've grown up with their dad being a Dundee United fan, for example, and they can look and actually see somebody like yourself and, and the rest of the squad kind of take the field in Dundee United and if they want to do that, that, that opportunity's there now. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there's a lot of young girls that are hopeful to move into Dundee United when they're older. We've just youth, um, recently opened up an academy for the girls 
and uh, Georgia and our team, she's actually uh, controlling all of that. And she's done a brilliant job. It's been really popular and there's been loads of girls coming in. So it's good. We get a couple of them into the sessions and they come along to the games and stuff. And it's great to just show them that there is opportunities for them to move on and play for the team that they love when they're older. Yeah, I think everybody wants that. Um, whoever your team is, you always, everybody has that dream of like pulling on the shirt and scoring the winning goal or doing something mad. Um, so yeah, uh, you obviously started playing for Dundee United and you won the SWFL1 North, I hate these acronyms, I say it every time, um, title, uh, beating Cove Rangers in the final game of the season. How is that, first of all, in terms of like lifting a title as a Dundee United player? Yeah, that was uh, brilliant. Obviously, when the, the club started, we knew that we had to uh, go through the ranks. We had a lot of experienced players, so we were hopeful that we would manage to move up quite um, quite quickly. But when you actually do it, it becomes real that you're you're moving on and the team's growing and you can go and hopefully get an opportunity to play at the top level so yeah it was great also that kind of SWFL level is a kind of mix of like teams with maybe aspirations to get further up and then at, the, at that time anyways maybe some more teams that are a bit recreational did you find that was did you find the range of teams at that time quite wide in terms of maybe one week you were maybe having something quite tough in the next week you were maybe having something that was maybe a little easier and you kind of thought ah oh, this this could be a long season yeah, definitely. There's a there was a lot of teams there that um, play maybe for enjoyment, um, and along with ourselves and a couple of others, they were maybe looking to go and um, develop on up the league. So some weeks uh, the games, well, every week the games were different. Sometimes the score lines were quite uh, there was quite a big gap, and other times we really had to push ourselves and fight for it. So it was good in that sense because we brought brought on many goals and stuff, but also we were getting challenged at the same time. And in terms of the, the structural rechanges, this is a bit of a broad question, Kira, so apologies for this. But obviously we've now moved into a situation where we've kind of got like a performance section and a, a recreation section. As a player who's kind of experienced that in the flesh playing, playing the games, do you think that's a good move that, that's happened in terms of maybe making that slight differentiation for those teams? Yeah, I definitely do because uh, a lot of, I know a lot of girls like personally and my friends and stuff that do play football purely because of enjoyment. They don't look to maybe improve or uh, move up to a higher league like they just want to go there turn up and enjoy themselves and then you can obviously uh, make that line between the other teams who will make it their life hopefully want to go full-time want to go and uh, move on and play against top teams so it's, I think it's good in that sense yeah. One of the one of the other things that on that day when you, you won the SWFL won North title was that the game was played at Tannadice, um 400 odd folk I mean, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but you've now you've obviously signed for Dundee United. You've got to wear the strip, and then you've got to play at Tannadice and get a trophy. Like, is there anything you can't, anything left you want to do in a Dundee United top at the moment? <laughs> well, uh, no, it was absolutely brilliant playing, uh, getting to play in Tannadice. Unfortunately, that day I was actually out injured, so it was a a tough one for me because I was so happy for the girls to go and play on Tannadice and get the win, but I actually had to set that one at the side and watch but it was a brilliant feeling getting on the pitch after the game and lifting the trophy with the team it was really amazing yeah uh, Dundee United are a bit nomadic is that fair to say in terms of where they've kind of been playing their games over the last couple of seasons is it something that you look to in terms of having maybe a set base or for you is it a case of look I'll just go wherever as long as I, I know where I'm going and what time it's at yeah so obviously uh, it's Everyone wants to have their home ground, the place that they play week in, week out, uh, getting used to it. And obviously it's good for the fans, etc. But 
Um, it's kind of been out of our control having to move around, so we just deal with the situation as it is. I don't think it's had much of an effect on the team. The girls just turn up and wherever we play, we, we do the same things and we work hard for each other. So no, I don't think it affects the team much. Um, it's the regional performance centre is the kind of base for this season when when it comes back when whatever guys is that right yeah yeah it's, yeah it's a good facility up there it's new as well so that's that's a good place to be good stuff um we, well hang, we've already listed the other United achievements we've missed one out which is um obviously getting the captain's armband so was that something that happened when you first came into the club or is it something that you kind of worked up towards and and Gavin your your head coach has kind of said here do you want to take this um. I think it was the, the first season I had to already play the season and then unfortunately uh, our captain had to uh, give up due to injury. So when Gavin asked me to take it on, I was I was shocked at the time because I wasn't long back from the injury myself, but I was really honoured and it's just a great opportunity to go and be even more of a role model to the younger girls in the team and lead them on the pitch. It's uh, yeah, it's something I'm really happy about. Let's uh, let's talk about last season. So last season, I think it's probably fair to say Dundee United had a, a really strong end to the season. Ended up finishing third on SWPL two. How how do you reflect on it when you kind of look back to obviously a season where you kind of started almost anew and then having that strong end? Yeah, I think uh, looking back, uh, there's lots and lots of positive memories there. Uh, I think going into the league, we didn't really set ourselves any expectations. We were going into a a league that we hadn't played in before. Well, some girls had, but the majority of our team being young hadn't experienced. So we just kind of thought we'll take every game as it comes and we'll assess the situation as we go. And to come up with that third, it's absolutely brilliant. The girls, every single one of them, young, the young girls and the experience, everyone stepped up. And I think we, we shocked a lot of people and ourselves at how well we did in our first season. Yeah, it's a, quite a young squad in some respects. You've got kind of players like Neve Guthrie, LJ Meacher, and, and some of the Scotland youth squads. Um, towards the back end of the season as well, it was kind of boosted by some of the, the American players who are playing uh, kind of over here for university. That's obviously hit a bit of a snag at the moment. How how I don't know how how much you kind of keep in contact with them, but how how's that been for them in terms of finding out that there could be a possibility they may not be able to play in some games? Yeah, so uh, they're all away back home because of the situation uh, and because of the degrees we're not very sure um, who's actually coming back to continue to play but it was yeah it was a bit annoying obviously with the cup games I think there was a couple of them that couldn't play um, but we just dealt with that situation at the time it wasn't wasn't too bad we've got a big squad um, we've got a lot of good players so we managed to make it work yeah and I mean let's let's talk about this season a little bit because although there's not been many games you've got a couple in and I think there's probably a strong case to say that United have probably been involved, in, probably were definitely involved in the game of the opening day of the SWPL season, uh, playing Barrymore Thistle, uh, winning 8-4 at the, the Performance Centre. How, see, when you're involved in a game like that, it's something I've always wondered because I, I play fives a bit and I play a bit of sevens, but I'm, I've never been fantastic. I, I just play to kind of amuse myself. See, when you're playing in a game like that, what, what was your takeaway? Because obviously Dundee United made a really fast start and Barrymore started clawing it back in again. What? How did that game ebb and flow for you as, as you were watching it? Yeah, um, it was a bit of a hard one because obviously we got the win, so we should have been happy, but I think we were all really disappointed because in those games when you're managing to score and go ahead, you really need to uh, keep it tight and keep concentrated. And I think that just goes to show that you you take advantage of it. You think that you're 
that you're on top of the game and all it takes is for a split second of not concentrating and that's what could happen. So we were, we were just coming back from pre-season, etc. So we'll put it down to that. But uh, yeah, it's a, it was a, a good, yet yeah, bad game. <laughs> As we say, is it fun to still play in a game like that? I'd imagine if you'd lost, it wouldn't have been. But when you kind of finished the 90 minutes and you kind of coming off the pitch afterwards, do you think that was fun or do you just kind of dwell on the stuff that maybe could have been even better? No, it definitely was, and there was lots of positives. We had our uh, signings in Danny McGinley, Robin Smith, and Holly. They all came in that game, and uh, Danny was excellent up top, bagging herself goals. So that was a positive uh, that they've came in and managed to make such an impact. But you're obviously disappointed at the fact we'll be conceding so many goals. But we looked at that and went on and worked on that, so it's not too much of an issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought up the new signings. Obviously, you brought in Robin and Danny, who both won SWPL2 with Hearts last season. Holly Napier's coming from Rangers. Um, third place in, in 2019. Is it to kind of push on from that this season then for Dundee United when we're, we're all back in one of the... forgot that it's been so long, I've now forgot what a football pitch is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, are you all kind of... Is there kind of a name for pushing on third place after last season? Yeah, definitely. I think we will go into the season the same as last season. We take every game as it comes, but we've uh, signed players and everyone's been putting in the work, so we've got real depth to the squad. And I think that we do have the ability to go and do as well as we did last season, but obviously the other teams have um, signed as well and everyone's improving at the same rate. So we'll just take every game as it comes, but it's something we look to do is to improve on what we did last season, yeah. And in terms of like when football comes back, What's your take on it? Obviously, there's a lot of debate just now about, especially in the men's game particularly, um, in terms of what, what's to happen when it comes back. It, from your perspective as a player and somebody who will be affected by it in one way or the other, what, what would you like to see happen in terms of when football comes back? Uh, would you like to see it continued, voided, starting new? Um, I think because of we've only played a couple of games within the league or um, that it could just or League Cup I think that it would be best to just continue on from where we left off uh, it's not as if we've only got a couple of games to play we have just started so they probably would be best just continuing it yeah and what about your your own ambitions for the season then in terms of what, what you're looking to achieve obviously done lots of stuff so far with Indian United what's, what's next for you uh, I just want to continue enjoying my football at United and uh, hopefully if we can maybe win something this season that would be great but no just like I said I'd just love to do well as a team and obviously go out and show everyone uh, the potential we'll have within the squad that would be great awesome okay I think there's lots of football chat so that's good let's move into <laughs> a bit of food chat which is also usually quite good hopefully touch wood um so first question for you how are you a big foodie do you like your food what's what's your what's your take yeah, I do. I do like my food. I do. <laughs> <laughs> is it just like volume, or are you are you quite adventurous when you're when you're eating? Nah, I'm not too fussy. I do uh, follow quite a good balanced diet. So <laughs> good balanced diet. Okay, we'll see how quickly I can try and tear that apart. Um, <laughs> first question I always like to ask is, um, what did you have for your breakfast this morning? I had porridge with fruit in it. Porridge with fruit. Everybody. Yeah. I'm waiting for somebody not to say some kind of oat-fruit combination. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Oh, no, I think somebody said beans on toast. I think that's happened. Oh, that's a good shout. Good shout. Is it, is it just, like, hot porridge, fruit, or is it overnight stuff? Oh, I do, like, overnight with a bit of Greek yoghurt, 
a bit of honey and some fruit in it. It's great. I always think it tastes, I can't, it always tastes a little bit like cheesecake and I can't really explain why I think that. But whenever I do it, I always think <laughs> a little bit cheesecake. Maybe I've left the yogurt too long. Who knows? <laughs> in terms of, like, so just now, obviously, you're, you're not playing. You were kind of just starting the season. Do you, like, monitor your, your diet throughout the course of the season? And did you kind of get any advice before everybody had to kind of shut up shop? Um, I do. I used to write out plans, etc. But I think now we're playing so long, I know myself what I should and shouldn't be eating. Uh, I think more so now that we're off of football, I think my diet's more important than ever because obviously you can only get in as much exercise as you can do at home. Um, so it's important to me to keep on track when it's easy when you're sitting around the house all day to get out of good habits. But it's, it's important to me to stay healthy whilst I'm so when I come back, I'm in better shape than what I was when we, when we left. Do you think that sometimes, because a few people have said that to me in terms of like they just kind of know their own body, do you think it's sometimes it's a case of actually you could overthink it and actually start trying to follow something that maybe somebody else is doing It's maybe not going to be the right thing for you? Yeah, definitely. I've went through a lot of things where I've wrote down uh, meal plans, etc. But uh, you just end up chucking them after a while. Well, I, I do anyway. So I'm better to just uh, go with what I've got in the house and just make do. Usually eat the same things day in day out so it's pretty easy for me to keep on top of it yeah cool and that, well, that leads into my next question so what kind of things what's your kind of day in day out kind of stuff when you're when you're eating uh, so just now i'm just eating a lot of uh a lot of proteins a lot of egg whites uh fruit vegetables porridge just trying to get a good mix in uh of all my healthy foods because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously doing a lot more sitting around than what i was before when i was working full-time etc so how how much do you so for me personally I, I try and go out for a walk slash run depending on how energetic I'm feeling um kind of at night kind of each night how much are you getting in obviously you are used to doing a lot more than I am um how much are you getting in just now um doing uh a fitness session every day in my hours whether it's a I try and vary it whether it's a long distance run or sprints or interval training and then as a team, we're all we're all logging them together so we can support one another and show each other what we've been up to, etc. And then along with that, I've got uh, a few things in my garden keeping me going, like my ladders and my weights, uh, my medicine balls, etc. So I get a wee session in with them every morning as well. So yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's just, it's not football, so <laughs> it's not the same. No, totally appreciate that. Is it good though to be able to kind of have that still, that kind of little bit of element competition, even if it is just with your teammates? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, nobody wants to be running the least amount of miles and nobody wants to be doing the least amount of sessions. So I think it definitely spurs everyone on. When they see other people doing a run, you think, right, I better get up and get going. Uh, and also it's good to, to look at it and see where people are at and uh, have a bit of fun with it as well. So Yeah, totally agree. I, uh, I'm very much a case of, I will sit on my couch and think about it for a long time and then somebody will prompt me to do it and I'll just get up and do it because I think that's the best way of doing it. <laughs> um, but obviously, in terms of what, what we're in just now, uh, let's talk about, we've talked about kind of what you're usually and how you're trying to keep healthy, but I don't know about you, but there's been a couple of times in the last few weeks where I have not ate like a normal person during the day. So I've talked about Pringles for breakfast and like a giant Mars bar for dinner kind of thing. Um, when, you're, when you're pigging out, What's your kind of go-to? Have you got any at all? Or do you, do you even pig out? Do you just not do it? Uh, if, I was, if I was to pig out, it would probably be crisps. Yeah, that's probably my downfall. Yeah, I've not got much of a sweet tooth, so 
crisps I'd have to go for. <laughs> any any type brand flavour? Uh, sensations, they're always good shout, and Pringles. Yeah. I like uh, a yeah. Pringles, I'm a big fan of that. I think that's underrated. Yeah, I rate them, like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and in terms of if you were to like make a dream dinner, so say you, you could either follow with your best diet or you could follow your worst. If you're making a kind of your ideal dinner, whether it's maybe going out for it or staying in for it, what would it be? Uh, I think it would be uh, either a, a homemade Nando's or maybe a steak or something. There's that um, Nando's word again. That comes up. <laughs> I know, it's just so good. <laughs> like, what, so, like, break it down for me. So why, for you, is, why, is, why is Nando's so good? Is it, is it more than just the fact that it's kind of tasty chicken? Or is there more to it than that? No, nah, I think it's just because it's everyone likes a bit of chicken and um, spice. I like my spicy food as well, so it's a good go-to. And I feel when I go to Nando's, it's not as unhealthy as when I was to go elsewhere for my lunch or my tea. So yeah, it's a treat, but it's a healthier treat. <laughs> do you have like a, a set order? Like, do you have your kind of go-to dish? Um, nah. Usually, I do change it up when I go. Uh, try and try different things, etc. So yeah. Cool. Well, I did it in the last podcast. I'll do it again. If Nando's, you're listening and you want to fire some free Nando's Kira's way, then I'll, <laughs> I'll hook you up. We'll get the contact sorted and it'll be all good. So, yeah. Um, so, love about Nando's. What's the one thing you hate? What's your food that you just cannot be doing with? Um, what's, what's the one you just like? If somebody gave it to you, you'd be like, nah, I'm not having it. Uh, it's got to be something like mints and tatties or something. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? I know. I know. <laughs> oh, I f- yeah. feel personally offended if I if I be totally honest. Um, how come? I don't know. I've just never liked it, but yeah, my friends give me a bit of grief for that because obviously everyone apparently likes it, but no, not for me, no. No, is it? So in terms of in terms of mince and tatties, that you are familiar with it. Is it mash? Is it like boiled potatoes? Is it just? No, nah, I do like the mash, but I just, I'm not a big fan of boiled potatoes and mince. It just. I think it's the look of it as well. It's, yeah. I mean, I can can resolve myself with the look of it. I mean, it's a delight, and I feel you're very wrong here. But uh, yeah, mince and tatties, fair enough. That was not expected. (laughs) I'm I'm a little bit shook, but it's okay. We'll move on. (laughs) We'll move on. So you mentioned you've not got much of a sweet tooth. Um, I'm going to ask you a question based on sweet things, and that's tunics. So tunics make four products. They make the snowball, the caramel log, the tea cake, and the caramel wafer. Uh, if you had to pick one, which one would it be? Uh, I think it would be the caramel wafer. Um, and why Why would you go for the caramel wafer? Uh, I don't know. I just, I like I like a wee a biscuit when I'm having a cup of tea, so I suppose that that would go down nicely. <laughs> I was going to ask, are you, that was my next question, are you a dunker then, in terms of would you give that a wee dunk? Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, caramel wafer is good for dunking. Got to dunk it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you what, last last one about food. Then, if somebody was to come up to Dundee and they were looking to go out for a dinner somewhere, where would you? Other than Nando's, I'm gonna I'm gonna start saying other than Nando's when I ask this question. Other than Nando's, is there anywhere you recommend they should go for a good scran? Um, in Dundee, let me think. Uh, there's good fish and chip shops in Dundee. And and if they're going to go to Dundee, they would have to go to to Arbroath along there and go to fish and chip shops. They're brilliant there. I think they're quite well known for that. So yeah, that's why we tell them go. 
Have you um, ever been to the 24 hour bakery? It does a 24 hour bakery in Dundee, I'm sure, where basically it does like. Yeah, Clark's, yeah, that's good. That good? Yeah, you can always come on Clark's any time of the day, that's good, yeah. Yeah, my my mates used to go to uni up in Dundee, so occasionally I'd go up and it'd be like four a.m. pies and stuff like that, which is good, really good. Well, <laughs> um, so, Kira, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. No problem at all. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Remember, uh, you can find it on find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all the usual stuff. Um, the website's www.leadingtheline.com, Twitter at Leading the Line. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we'll be back again soon. Catch you later. It doesn't make me-